This will not be an easy message to share with you as a church today because I do so with a broken heart. See, I love our country. I was proud to serve the United States Navy and I have loved being an American all of my life. But recently I have grown weary of the negative news about our country and even some who feel they have to go around the world to apologize for our country's actions. Let me remind all of us that we have never as a country sought to take over another country. Instead, we have sought only to liberate people in bondage and those being oppressed. I may be one of the first to recognize we're far from a perfect country. However, it is an historical fact that our founding fathers and the documents they wrote were absolutely positively built on the Judeo-Christian truths as revealed in the Word of God. And I quote none other than several of our presidents. President John Adams said, The general principles which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. President Teddy Roosevelt, The teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and entwined with our whole civics and social life that it would be literally impossible for us to figure to ourselves what that life would be if these teachings were removed. And then lastly, Woodrow Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson. America was born as a Christian nation. America was born to exemplify the devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of Holy Scripture. Now the reason I think I'm so broken hearted is these do not sound like the words of some of our current leaders. And yet today in spite of that I have a word of encouragement for our nation. A word of encouragement if you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Haggai. If you happen to have a pew Bible, it's easy. It's on page 711. If you have a new, new American standard like I do, it's on page 818. And if it all else fails, go to Matthew and back up to Zechariah, and then you'll get to Haggai. Not one of those books we turn to very often. In these, wor- in these verses, you're going to see some words of encouragement. Uh, that we can follow. So look with me at verses 21 through 22 of the book of Haggai chapter 2. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms and destroy the power of the kingdoms of the nations. And I will overthrow the chariots and their riders, And the horses and their riders will go down, every one by the sword of another. And on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant, declares the Lord, 
and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. My first word of encouragement to our nation is to our national, our national leaders. It's simply this. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to the founding truths upon which our country were founded and quit rewriting history. Stay faithful. The Bible said in verse 21, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. The leaders of our country need to acknowledge we are in serious trouble. They need to acknowledge that we have, not we are, we have departed from the foundational principles established by our founding fathers. I quoted an attorney, Mark Levin, in his book, Liberty and Tyranny. Listen to Mark's words that are very sobering. So distant is America today from its founding principles. So distant is America today from its founding principles. That it's difficult to precisely describe the nature of American government. It is not strictly a constitutional republic. Because the Constitution has been and continues to be easily altered by a judicial oligarchy that mostly enforces, if not expands, the statist agenda. That's a fact. And we need to think about it seriously. We must reaffirm, beginning right here, we are one nation under God. And I quote none other than President Ronald Reagan. President Reagan said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Now, while acknowledging that in our country there is religious freedom for all, and you can go to a lot of countries today where that cannot be said, but in our country there is religious freedom for all. But that does not mean that we should deny and disavow our own basic tenets as established in our historical documents and in our Constitution. But let me remind uh, those of us who claim to be Christians. We have only one president. And we are commanded in God's word to pray for him. And we do. And we should. We as Christians should pray for all of our national, state, and city leaders. As Rick Mildy said in the devotional thoughts about prayer in our bulletin today, that we as God's people are the responsible ones. We must acknowledge, we must humble ourselves. This is not spoken to the world at large, to those outside the church. This is spoken to Christians. We must humble ourselves, pray and seek God's face, and turn from our wicked ways. And then and only then will God heal our nation. 
You see, Christians need to understand our hope is not in a political party. Our hope is in God. And in Haggai chapter 2, Zerubbabel needed a word of encouragement. He, he was leading God's people from a time of bondage and captivity and disaccord and disarray, much like we are experiencing today. He was charged to rebuild the wonderful city of Jerusalem, to reestablish and rebuild the protective walls. He was even charged to rebuild the temple. It was a massive assignment. But God's word to him was simply, stay faithful, stay faithful to me, stay faithful to my words. Could I ask you a personal question? Are you being faithful to your leadership assignment in your family, in your job, in your school? Are you being faithful to your leadership assignment given to you by God? I want to humbly remind us that we the people have elected leaders to lead us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Elections have consequences. We have elected our leadership in our city, our state, in our nation. And we need to understand that. And we, as well as they, have a responsibility to Almighty God to return to our founding principles or our nation, I believe, even in our lifetime, will cease to be the nation we have known for all of our life. I believe it is that crucial. So that's my word of encouragement to our leaders, to all of you who are leaders. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to his word. Stay faithful to the founding principles of this, the United States of America. Stay faithful. The second is a, a word of encouragement concerning our God. The one that we say is the one true God. He is sovereign over all. That is an absolute biblical truth. He says in one translation of Haggai chapter 2 and verses 21 and 22, I will shake the nations, I will overthrow royal thrones, and I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Now listen to these truths that I took from Jerry Bridges' book, Trusting God. Now I'm going to give you verses, and I'm not going to read them to you. I'm going to put the responsibility to you to read these verses at home, and you decide if Jerry Bridges got it right, because I've read the verses, and I believe he got it exactly right. And you're going to be a little bit challenged with some of the things that Jerry says. But I believe, according to the Word of God, they're true. Jerry said, number one, God in his sovereignty has established government for good, for the good of all peoples, believers and unbelievers. He based that on Romans chapter 13. You write it down, you read it. Romans 13, 13, 1 through 4. God is the one who's established all the governments. Secondly, Daniel 4, 17 
Daniel 4:17, the latter part of the verse, states that God determines who rules these governments. That challenges us some, but that's what the Word of God teaches. Study Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 24. Isaiah 40, 21 through 24. God determines the timing of each leader's rule. He's working his purposes. This fourth one is going to challenge all of us because it challenged me a lot. But I read Proverbs 16, Proverbs 16, verses 9 and 33. Jerry wrote after reading these verses, God controls the decisions that rulers make. He based that on these scriptures. And then lastly, God rules the victories and the defeats between nations on the battlefield. Psalm 20, verse 7, and Psalm 33, verses 16 and 17. I'm not sure how these verses uh, speak to you. But I read them and reread them and reread them, and believe it or not, they, they greatly encouraged me. Because you see, it made me remember that the events in America today and the events around our world today are not spinning out of control. Our God is sovereignly working throughout this world to accomplish His purposes. And here is the end of the story. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, At some time, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. And God's people said, Amen. So be it. And I believe that will happen. I believe that day is fast approaching. When God is going to come down, according to my eschatology, and rapture up the bride of Christ, the church, and take us up. But in the meantime, we better stay faithful to the mission of the Great Commission and tell people about Jesus. Because he is sovereignly in control. And we do have a mandate to make disciples. And we must form intentional relationships in which we can share the good news that there is hope in spite of anything that happens there is hope I close with this I have a final word of encouragement for all of us as Christians in spite of we, what we see happening I, every once in a while I make the mistake of looking at my stock portfolio. <laughs> that 401, whatever it is, Richard. 401k or whatever. The retirement plan. It's, it's lost a lot. The CDs, I remember the day, believe it or not, when you could get a 10% CD. <laughs> How many of you want one today? Go get them. <laughs> Can't do it. But in spite of that, and knowing of an approaching time and retirement, I know that our eternal security 
is eternal. It is fixed. And nothing can change that. And I know this. God is not a liar. And God said, Jerry and all Christians, I will meet all of your needs. Our needs may be slimmer than we thought they were. (laughs) But they will be net. And you know, Joyce and I have talked about it. We cannot name a time throughout our entire marriage, and we just celebrated a wonderful anniversary. I won't say how long. It would embarrass her, but a long time. But all those years, God has never failed to meet a need. And I believe that's true today. So your eternity is secure. Listen again to the words in uh, verse 23 to, to Zerubbabel. But they, were, they were meant to encourage him, and you'll understand why in just a moment. He said, I will take you, Zerubbabel, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, I understand that when you read a verse like that in the Old Testament, you may... It not, may, may, not, may not make much sense to you because we're not familiar with the, a signet ring. But in Zerubbabel's day, they understood that. I've got a ring on here that was my dad's ring. And, of course, it's a, it, it reminds me of dad every time I look down at it and brings back fond memories. And I'm honored to wear it. But in Zerubbabel's day... They had a signet ring that a government, a king or a government official would wear. And he would uh, affix it to a document that he was about to seal. And he would take his ring and put it into some soft wax. And then affix it to the document. And it would harden to an unbreakable seal. Now, this has to do with our eternal security. I want you to understand where we're going with all this. You see, the signet ring for Zerubbabel in his day was more than a decorative ring. It was one that signified honor, uh, authority, and ownership. So, as Paul Harvey used to say when he was living, and now the rest of the story. You may not know it, but Zerubbabel's grandfather was one of the last kings of Judah. Before God, see God disciplines his children. That's what the word of God teaches. We sin and he'll discipline us. And we need to remember that as a nation. Even though we have claimed to be founded upon Christian truths, God will bring judgment and discipline. Uh, and it begins at the household of God. So Zerubbabel's grandfather was the last, one of the last kings before he, God sent his children off into this Babylonian captivity. And, and, and in Jeremiah 22... God gave his grandfather these words. You were. This is to his grandfather. You were like a signet ring on my hand. What happened to you? But because of your sin, I'm taking you off my finger. Now, thankfully, we're not that insecure. And I'm going to make that biblically plain in just a moment. But many, 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 many years later, God comes along to Zerubbabel. 
says some words that he said to his grandfather. I'm going to make you like a signet ring. Zerubbabel, you've stayed faithful. Your faithfulness has allowed me to remove my curse on my people and on my nation. And I'm going to use you to take them back to Jerusalem. Now you've got work to do. (laughs) And if we choose as a nation to start electing leaders who will take us back to our founding principles, we got work to do. Did you know that one of the recent surveys, this will probably really disturb you, but it is a national survey, of those who are 30 years and younger, they were voting whether they preferred capitalism or socialism. 30%, 37% were voting for Socialism. 30% weren't decided. And the rest said capitalism. But what about Christianity? And the freedoms that we have in our country that, that we are fast giving up. I mean, would you have ever dreamed you would have seen some of the things that, that are happening in our country right now? You see, we seek security, but there is a price for security, and we need to remember that. There is a tremendous price for that. Zerubbabel, he went back, he stayed faithful, and they they completed the assignment because he was faithful as governor, though he never became king. But do you know that if you read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 12, you find Zerubbabel's name in a pretty important family tree. You know whose it is? The family tree of none other than King Jesus. Zerubbabel, a governor, remained faithful to his assignment. And he was listed in the family tree of Jesus Christ, who is God's ultimate signet ring. And his seal is upon our life, and we are secure. And nothing can separate us. Yes, we sin. We can sin greatly. And it disturbs me when when we see Christians sin greatly, and then we wonder, could they do such as that? Friends, let me remind you of something. Go read Hebrews 11 again. I've done this to you before. Go read Hebrews 11. If if you want to see what the grace of God is all about and how forgiving he is. Now, yes, he disciplines us when we disobey him, but it does not mean he will disavow us because we are secure in Christ Jesus. And you read about all the various people that sinned and sinned greatly. So Jesus Christ has sealed us and we are secure. So let me close by telling you this. How, how does all of this apply to, to us as a, as a country? 
to us as a church, to us as individuals and families. First of all, I believe we must have leaders once again who will be like Zerubbabel and stay faithful to our God and to the Word of God. I believe we need leaders who will dare to rebuild and to restore the values that we once held as a nation. And I believe we need leaders who will stop compromising our foundational values and stop trying to rewrite them and claim that these are historical. That's going on in our colleges and universities today, and it will be the thing that would be used of the Lord to bring our nation down if that kind of teaching takes hold in that under 30 generation because they won't know any different. They do not know any different. We take for granted that everybody understands the Federalist Papers and the foundational truths. They don't. We must tell them. We must be leaders and point them back to the Word of God. So we need to be leaders like that and stay faithful. Secondly, I hope this message has reminded you that Jesus Christ is God's ultimate signet ring. And he has sealed us. And in spite of circumstances and in spite of our waywardness at times, we're secure. But third, and this is most difficult to say, but it's the hard reality. If we continue down this downward path that we have been on at least since the 1960s, I believe we could go back into the 40s and trace it, but certainly since the 60s, you will find that uh, God will end up judging our nations harshly. So I believe we need to pray. We need a new generation of fearless leaders, and some of them sitting right here today. You need to be a fearless leader where you are. And you need to affirm these charges that I close with, that I believe God has given to all of his children. God expects us to live holy lives. We will not be perfect. We will stumble. We will fail. We will sin. But when we do, we should let God discipline us. We must repent and turn from our wicked ways and in humility follow after him once again. And may they find us faithful. So we need to live holy lives. We need to start refusing to compromise. In the name of political correctness, refuse to compromise. And we need to be prayer warriors as never before. We need to be faithful witnesses, and that's what I've been trying to work with our Sunday school to do, to help us be a church organized to carry out the Great Commission. And we need every one of you involved in a Sunday school group that will go out and tell people your personal testimony or will tell them how they can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Lastly, just be faithful to the assignment God has given to you in your home, in your church, in your business, wherever you are, be faithful. If we fail to do these things, I believe we as a nation will reap the judgment of God. And I do believe 
that our nation, and I think that's what's made this so hard, I believe we are very close to the point of no return. Now that encourages me and that I believe that might mean the rapture. But it discourages me because I've loved our country for so much and we've done so much good. So all I can say is, God help us. How are you going to respond? We have some God-given choices. What about your personal eternity? Is it secure? Has there been a time when you've repented of your sin and trusted Jesus to be your personal Savior? You can do that this morning. If you've done that and you've been not living a holy life, you can repent and be restored to fellowship and live as a Christian should live. I believe your personal response will determine your personal destiny with God, how you respond to Jesus Christ. And I believe that our generation will be the generation that will see us respond either and go back to God or cease to be the country we've always known and loved. Father, I pray for our people today that we will take seriously these sobering truths and these challenges. That people would be saved today. That people would decide to live holy lives. That those that you want to join this fellowship, this church, to help us carry out the Great Commission, you would lead them, even on this holiday weekend, to make a decision to come and join this church. We commit this time of invitation to you in Christ's name. Amen. We stand and sing. You respond as all of us sing as God has touched your heart.